just see what they put. So this message is called When the Few Make the Majority. Okay, when a few. Next slide, please. When a few make the majority, and it is about Gideon. Okay, so let me just start off by giving you, setting you some context. So it's Judges chapter 2. Okay, and I'm just going to set the context for you. So judges, so Joshua the son of Nun was dead. Who was Joshua? Son of Nun, who, who took over from Moses. Okay? They went into the promised land, and now he was dead. And then it says in Judges that after a whole generation grew up, they neither knew the Lord nor had how, what he had done in Israel. So they didn't know what God had done in Israel. So this is the generation that grew up. And the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and served Baal. This is verse 11. They forsook the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. They followed and worshipped various gods of the peoples around them. And they aroused the Lord's anger because they forsook him and served Baal, Baal, and the Ashtoreth. So those are gods. So that, so just let's get the context and let's get the situation. So this is what was happening. Judges? Yeah. Don't, huh? Judges chapter 2. Can you go to the next slide, please? Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So Judges chapter 2. So this is the context, okay? That they had forsook the Lord and their ancestors. And they were living in the land of Canaan at this stage. So that's the context. So let's just move on. So let's go to the next slide. And let's just find out who Baal gods were. Now we, we, mention, we, we talk a lot about the Baal gods. Now Baal or Baal, whatever you want to have on to they were considered as the fertility deity. The fertility deities. They, it, Baal means owner or lord. It also is about them being the king of the gods. Okay? Um, taking kingship, right. So Baal was one of the gods. And then they had another god called Yam. In fact, they had several gods. And what Baal did was took over kingship from Yam, who was the sea god. And you may think, well, what's all this got to do with anything? Actually, personally, my belief is some of those demons are still operating today, okay? Especially when we hear about the water spirit and stuff, but we're not going to go into those things right now. Then we have Ashtoreth, the goddess, who actually married Baal, and they were supposed to have had 70 gods together, okay? So that's what happened. And it is believed as well that Ashtoreth, Asherah was also the wife of Yahweh. So that's how bad it was in, in those days. That's what the belief was. So all these gods were around. Now, why Baal became such an anathema is if you might remember a lady called Jezebel or a woman called Jezebel. Well, Jezebel was the one who set Baal up as the god, a Phoenician god, um, and said they should worship him rather than Yahweh. So that's why um, Baal became an anathema 
and it was God wanted to completely destroy and get rid of the gods. So that's what the context was. Now just think about this, right? That they had all served God in the, in the wilderness. They come into a new land and all of a sudden they forget God. Okay? All of a sudden they start serving all these idols and so forth. So that's the context. What does it tell us about people? How fickle they can be at times. But this is what went on. So let me just go on to the next slide. <clears throat> so the people of Israel deserted God and served Baal gods. God handed them over to plunderers who stripped them and sold them. And God sold them cheap to enemies on all sides. Now... Will God sell us off? Well, it seems that he sold them off because what God did, he says, okay, you're not obeying me. I'm going to sell you off to all these different, different tribes um, that will uh, do you wrong and do you harm. And these are the enemies. The next slide. But these are the enemies. So Judges chapter 3, verse 5. You don't need to follow this. I've got it written down. It says, the Israelites lived among the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Okay, Jebusites were actually the first inhabitants in Jerusalem, as we know it. They took their daughters in marriage and gave their own daughters to their sons and served their gods. So this is what happened. People of Israel made themselves at home. It says that in Judges as well, that the people of Israel actually made themselves at home in the land of Canaan. God had said to them, get rid of all these tribes, of all the Amorites, the Hittites, the Pesachites. But what they did, they actually went in and lived just side by side with them. So they didn't actually complete all the things that God had told them to do. And that's then why they had so much trouble uh, in the land of Canaan. So these were the enemies of, of um, Israel. Let's, so let's just go on to the next side. Are you with me so far? Yeah. Okay. So let's come on to the Midianites, because it's the Midianites that actually um, Gideon had to destroy. So that verse says, the Midianites was the son of Abraham and Keturah. It's interesting how even in families there are always wars and fractions. So the Midianites were not actually the enemies. They were actually the family of Israel because they were from Abraham's lineage. Okay, But somehow the Midianites came up to fight against Israel. So even in that structure there was... Um, there was confusion. When Israel planted, this is what the Midianites did. When Israel planted its crops, Midianites and Amalek would invite them and destroy their crops. So every time you would plant your crops, these Midianites would come and destroy the crops. Now I wondered, this is what came to me when I was reading that. I thought, why would they destroy the crops and not kill them and not do... But it's like, you know when some people are just jealous over you? So it's just like this jealousy will just go in and destroy what they did. So this is what happened. And this brought a lot of fear into the Israelites at the time. Right. 
They left nothing for them to live on, neither the cattle or pastures. They would come in and take over like locusts. They would march in and devastate the country. And the people of Israel were reduced to grinding poverty in, by the Midianites. Okay? So you, that's the context. That's what we're dealing with. Okay. So, what happens when you're in such a situation? then fear paralyzes you. Fear will lead us to turn slowly away from God into the hand of the oppressor. So once you're beaten down enough, this is what was going on with, with the Midianites, they were beating them down, beating them down slowly, 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 until fear came and paralyzed them. Now I say that in order to say we all have an enemies or enemies, okay? And sometimes we may feel that we're being plundered away. Sometimes it's our money. Sometimes it's our resources. Sometimes it's our family. And sometimes the Midianites will come into our lives and plunder us and take what we have. And we keep on thinking, Lord, why can't I prosper? It seems every time I take a step forward, I'm taking 10 steps backward. What's going on? So this is what was going on with the Israelites at the time. They would come in and take over and they would march in and devastate the country. So let's now just look at what, what time that was in. That was in the time of the judges. This is such an interesting thing because after, after Joshua, who was the next person to take over? Well, there was no one. The judges. Joshua didn't raise up a next generation like Moses did. And this is why it's so important for us to raise up generations, to raise up legacy. That's why even now, um, you know, with our young people, it's, it's great to start raising them up now because actually we want them to take over. We want them to go, go on and do greater things. But Joshua didn't do that. So the Lord had to raise up judges. So as Christians, so, so the Lord had to raise up judges. Let me just move on from there. The next slide, please. So let me go to Judges chapter 6. We're going to get to scriptures now. Verse 11 to 12. And I've written it down for you. So if you don't mind, I'm just going to read it. Okay. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak Oprah. That belonged to Joash and the Abizarite. Where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said to him, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Right, I've highlighted those in yellow because they're so important. So Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press. What's a wine press? Wine press is sort of like a large, large vat. Okay, you don't thresh wheat in a wine press. You've got to be in the open air to thresh wheat because you want to get rid of the, you know, the parts of the wheat that's not edible. But what was what was Gideon doing? He was hiding. 
hiding from the uh, Midianites in a winepress. Can you imagine that going into his system? That's where, where he had to be. That's the fear that has gripped Gideon and gripped the land of Israel. He was actually threshing wheat in a winepress. Now, consider this. He said, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Consider this. The, mid, the Israelites has gone through famine. Why did they go through famine? Because every time they'd plant something, the Midianites came in and took it. So they were really were on their last leg sort of thing. So, Midian, so Gideon didn't look like a mighty man of worry, but a mighty worry was probably a skinny little thing that, you know, probably felt he was insignificant. But the, the Lord called him, you mighty man of, you mighty warrior. Or in some version it says, you mighty men of valour, you mighty man of valour. So, Judges 6 verse 13, the next slide, it says, Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about? Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midians. So something didn't equate for him. What do you mean the Lord is with us? Can't you see what we're going through? How can the Lord be with us? Where is he at this time? That's basically what he was saying. Where is he? So verse 14 to 16, the next slide. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of the Midian's hand. I, am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving nothing, leaving none alive. What was the word that... Uh, what was the word that you got from these people, Deuteronomy? What? That's yes. And what was the word? Okay, so all I'm trying to do all I'm trying to do is just to confirm it, right? Confirm it again that the Lord is with you. Okay, so so this is Gideon. This is his qualifications. Gideon did not consider himself a leader. He did not consider himself a mighty man of valor. Doubt filled his heart because he was hiding in the wine press. If God is with us, where is he? What about all the miracles my parents spoke about, God told him? Go and save Israel. Gideon's clan was not a fighting clan either. And not only that, Gideon thought him of himself as the weakest of his clan. Okay, so that's the scenario. So they did not look like a mighty fighting Russian army or Chinese army. You know, he didn't look like that. So that's where he was. So I've done the bit about. So if we go to a few slides down, just go on. Yeah. Okay. Just go back. So. So let's think about now. We're going to look at how Israel got their deliverance. Okay, so the first thing Gideon did, Gideon, this is in scripture, Gideon went inside 
and prepared a young goat. This is what, this is what was commanded by the uh, angel. Go and prepare a young goat from an ephah flour, and he made bread without yeast, putting the meat in a basket and its broth in a pot. And he brought them out and offered them to him under the oak tree. So he brought that offering out to the angel. And the angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread and place them on this rock and pour the broth out. And Gideon did so. So principle one to our deliverance is giving. Giving is always an important part in our deliverance. In everything, actually, what God is saying is that trust me first, and then I will do the deliverance. So we're thinking about how, how Israel got their deliverance. And the first principle was through giving. Next slide, please. So the second principle, again, these are the scriptures. I just want to read it. But the Lord said to him, peace, do not be afraid. You are not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it the Lord is Peace. To this day, it stands in Oprah of the Ebrezerites. Can't pronounce that. But the second principle, peace must be present. What does peace do? Perfect peace casts out our fears. Okay? So peace must be present. So principle one is about our giving. Principle two is about actually just having peace and faith in God that he's going to do it. Let's look at the next principle. So, principle two, get rid of the stuff that holds us back. Now, let's read the scripture. That same night, the Lord said to him, take the second bull from your father's herd, the one that's seven years old, Okay, this is really interesting. Okay, I'll stop there. Why is it really interesting? Okay, this bull was seven years old. They'd been through a famine. Think of that. This bull was probably the prize bull that they were leaving just in case it, for an emergency. So actually what, what, what the angel was saying, take the best of what you have. Okay, tear down your father's altar to Baal, cut down the astropole inside, then build, build a proper kind of altar to the Lord, your God, on the top of this height, using the wood of the astropole that cut it down, etc. So Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord told him, but because he was afraid of his family and the townspeople, he did it at night rather than daytime. So principle three, Get rid of the stuff that holds us back. Our deliverance will come. I heard someone say it today, actually, when we sometimes just get rid of those things that hold us back. I think it was you when you were talking about, it was really good, interesting what you said about prayer, you know? And it, 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 I think you learned there a new concept because there are so many facets of prayer. And what I believe God was saying to you at that time was, actually, get off your knees, stop begging me, and start fighting for it. 
Stop begging me. Stop going on your knees and begging me and start fighting for what's rightfully yours. So principle two, get rid of the stuff that holds you back. Principle four, God will take away everything that is meaningful in, to you in order for his will to be accomplished. Those of us who really want as we go and grow in the Lord, you will find, I'm sure many of you have found this, how God has been stripping you of certain things that you held very dear, held very dear, and stripping you, and you're thinking, oh, why is this happening to me? But actually, it's for our deliverance. God will take away everything that is meaningful in order for his will to be accomplished. So those of you who don't worry, I'd like to even say to you that don't worry, that if you feel as if you're in a, a wilderness period at this time, you know, it might even feel as if you've stopped and you've got stuck, but I feel the Lord is saying, don't worry about it. There's some things that I've got to get rid of just so that you can grow into a new butterfly. It's like sometimes I've got to get rid of that old cocoon those old things that sort of weighed you down, even though they were right for that time and for that season, but for this season, it's a new season where he wants you to fly and he wants you to uh, um, stand on your own two feet. So I think that's what he's saying to me. He wants you to stand on your own two feet. So this is, this is something that sometimes is a new principle for us to get deliverance. Next slide, please. So, when a few make the majority, Right, so this is where they go to fight the, the Midianites. So, Judges chapter 7. So, principle 5, eradicate fear. God wanted to eradicate fear, so the fearful men had to return. So, can I just read that scripture for you? Because I think it's a really important scripture. I didn't actually type it out because it was so long. Let me get it. So... Just get it. Judges chapter 7. Right. Just bear with me because I think it's really important. Early in the morning, Jeroboam, or his Gideon, and all his men camped at the spring of Harod. The camp of Midian was north of them in the valley where the hill of Morah. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into your hand, or Israel would boast against me. My own strength has saved me. Now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So how many turn back? 22,000 men left while 10,000 remained. Okay, okay, so you can see the maths there. Okay, so the next is, so, but the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. Take them down to the water and I will thin them out for you. If I say this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So Gideon took the men down to the water there the Lord told him, separate those who lap the water with their tongue as dogs from those who kneel down to drink. 300 of them dr drank from cupped hands, lapping like dogs. 
all the rest got down on their knees to drink. Now, I don't know about you, I've not worked, quite worked out why those 300 got chosen. I heard that someone preach this message once and it was because when they cut their hands they were actually on the lookout and watching. That could be a, a theory because they were watching while the others were actually just um, putting their heads in the water. That could be a theory, it sounds a good theory where they were actually watching. So that's why God uh, chose those 300. But it's interesting to note that they weren't chosen because of their size, their age, their ability, or anything like that. Isn't that interesting? This is an army <laughs> that God wasn't saying, no, he's, he's six foot tall, he's broad, etc. Yeah, he's in it. No, you're not in it. He wasn't looking at any of that. He was just looking for something else. And this is how God sometimes chooses his army. He doesn't look at what you're looking at. He's not looking, well, you know, she's too old, or he's too old, or he's too young, or he's saying, no, no, I'm, I'm looking for something for certain. And sometimes we can't work out why that one was chosen. Why on earth were those men chosen? You know, I might have a theory about it, but I really don't know. But that's who God chose, and it ended up being 300 of them. So what I'm trying to say to you, that a few of you makes the majority. A few of us sometimes will make the majority. We may not look like uh, what the world is looking at. We may not even look what, uh, like what some churches are looking at. Because we know some churches these days, if you don't look apart, if you don't look like this, then they're not looking at you. But no, God's not looking at that. God's looking at something deeper. Can I use you? Are you available? And will, are you willing to go? And these men were willing to go. So, let me just read on. So, um, so the Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men that lap, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hand. Let all the others go home. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites home, but kept the 300 who took over the provisions and trumpets. Now the camp of the Gideon of the Midian lay below him, below him in the valley. Right. Just bear with me as I read this, because I think this is really important. During the night, the Lord said to Gideon, Get up down against the camp, because I am going to give it into your hands. Okay. If you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servants and listen to what they are saying. Afterward, you will be encouraged to attack the camp. So he went with Pora, his servant, and uh, down to the outpost of the camp. The, Midian, the Midianites, the Amalekites, and all the other eastern people had settled in the valley thick as, as locusts. In other words, there was loads of them. Their camels could no more be counted. Okay, so listen to this. Verse 13. Gideon arrived just as a man was telling a friend his dream. I had a dream, he was saying. Around loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp. It struck the tent with such force that the tent overturned and collapsed. His friend responded, this can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, the Israelite. God has given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hand. The dream. 
the dream. Very important. Right. What did they see? A loaf of barley bread. Does anyone know what barley bread is? Yes. What's barley bread? Tell me a little bit. Made from barley flour. Yeah. And what's the flour like? Um, it's quite tough. It's actually quite tough, but it also will crumble when you actually because it's got it's got no it's got no gluten in. Okay, so it will actually crumble when when you throw it when you throw it. So the interesting thing about that was that actually God was saying, you know, I will use the crumbs. I will use you, Gideon, and your army as crumbs to destroy this people. In other words, you don't even need to think about your swords and your spears because I will use the crumbs to, to, to actually destroy these people. And that is, that is what I believe God is saying to us, that actually the, 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 the way you thought the fighting should happen won't go like that. Let me tell you how they won the battle. So if we read, let me just see. Okay, just read... Okay, verse 19, Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, verse 19, okay, and um, verse 20, the three companies blew the trumpets and smashed the jars, grasping the torches in their left hand and holding in their right hand the trumpets they were to blow, and they shouted, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. While each man held his position around the camp, all the Midianites ran, crying out as they fled. And when the 300 trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn the sword on each other. What did they use to win the battle? Sound. Trumpets. Okay, light, sound, trumpet, sound, light. Sometimes it's our praise that will win the battle. It's our praise. It's our going to God in a different spirit. It's going to God in a different attitude. So in that case, what to win the, the Midianite, to win over the Midianite curse, and the Midianite curse is that devouring spirit the devourer, the de devourer, was through praise, was through sound. Then they go on to win and um, the other uh, tribes as well comes and helps them out. But what I'm trying to say, that the way that what God is going to do, even now, even for the next season for this church, is that he's going to give you a new way of winning the battle. It's actually not new, it's actually already there. But it's actually, don't come with sometimes, oh, we have to do it this way. Actually, no. He's saying, use your praise, use your sound, use your voice, use your light to win the battle. Because that is what's going to win the battle for you. Those of you who may be going through many, many things, those of you who have felt you've been um, not been able to overcome certain things, praise Turn your praise around. So let me just finish with the last principles. So principle five, eradicate the fear. Principle six, 
The few makes the majority. God appointed watchmen and women, 300 men who lap like a dog. Or maybe God just wanted to go with the minority. That's how our God works sometimes. He will go with the minority. Just the next slide, please. So principle seven, barley bread principle. God uses crumbs to fight battles. Barley bread has no gluten, so therefore it has nothing to hold it together. It will crumble if you try to throw it at something. But in the dream, the barley bread came with such force that it overturned the tent of the Midianites. Let's go to principle eight. God uses praise, light, and declaration. What happened in the author? Declaration to bring the confusion to the enemies. This battle was a very unusual battle as God did not need spears and swords to fight this battle but commanded Gideon and his army to praise and the last two principles please the next slide your enemies will end up fighting each other that's what happened to them the enemy ended up fighting each other okay and principle 10 the Lord will give you peace from your enemies in your lifetime if you accomplish his work. I've not read that, but there's such an interesting thing about those scriptures in Judges. It says the land rested from their enemies for 40 years or so. In other words, the land prospered for 40 years. There was no more wars in the lifetime of Gideon until the next judge. But this is how God works. Let's just go to the last and final slide here. So what do we learn from this? Gideon was not a perfect man. Hope, we don't have to be perfect sometimes. <laughs> so just remember that. He will perfect you as, he, as, you, as you do his will. He'll, he'll do the perfection. Uh, God will take the weak, the insignificant, the unnoticeable, the insignificant person and use them for his purpose. That seems to be God's trademark. If we read out throughout the Bible, he always took the insignificant. He always took those who, couldn't, who said they couldn't do it. God has commanded you to take dominion and power. That's one thing that I want to leave with you today. In Genesis, man was commanded to take dominion. The songs that we sang today was about God being the God of dominion and God being a God of power. Now, uh, in Genesis, you really need to get this. God says man should take dominion. There are some battles that God will fight for you. But there are some battles where God is saying, no, you do it. Because I've given you the dominion. Honestly. He's saying, yeah, some of it you've got to fight. Or some of it I will fight. But there's some that he's saying, no, I've given you power. I've given you dominion. So you fight it. I've given you all the resources you need. Gideon's army may be a few good men or women, but the impact that they can have is enormous and far-reaching. Is this the time that God is calling us to leave the shores of doubt and fear and launch out into the deep? And I believe it is. I've got over my time. But I just wanted to encourage you in that. So let's just stand. And I'm not going to episode. I just wanted to pray, etc. Before we pray, can yes. I say something? Yes, you can. Um, I would like to say, I would like to thank you for such a powerful, appropriate, and inspiring lecture. Oh, thank you. It falls in beautifully with what Paul, Randolph, and the others, uh, what their vision is Amen. for hope. Yeah? 
and I think we should really, all of us, have listened very carefully to this lecture and play a role in helping the leaders of culture. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. That's so good. That's good to hear. And another thing, I know one or two of you have heard of Wayne Ellington. It is going to be a brilliant show. <laughs> it is beautiful. He's got a beautiful voice and he's a really lovely gentleman. Amen. Woman. Thank you. I didn't even pay us to say yes, that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I paid the yeah. money there. No, no, no. I've seen him so many times. Amen. And each time I've cried to him and I said at the end, thank you, Wayne. Thank you for giving us so much inspiration. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for that. Let's just, I really, I'm really, thank you for that. I really do. Okay. I really want to just say a few things over this church. Just quickly. Just thank you, Lord. So, Lord, I just thank you for today. Oh, God, I thank you. out of this 
this place and we'll be coming here. And I believe as well that you're going to be like a, um, uh, an elder in the community where actually people will know you and they'll say, ah, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's Paul, yeah, yeah, Paul. Yeah, I, I need to go and talk to Paul. He'll give me some wisdom on this. He'll, I see that the doors, the, it's like you've been um, behind closed doors, but it's like God is opening that door and you'll have a door that's ajar and people will just be coming and say, yeah, yeah. And I don't necessarily mean that they'll be coming into this building, but I just sense that that door that was um, closed in front of you is now actually open and people will notice you and see you. It's like there's been a cloak of invisibility on you, but I see that the Lord is lifting that shroud right now, lifting that cloak of invisibility, and people say, yeah, yeah, Paul, Paul, yeah, I'm going to go to him because he's got some wisdom, he's got some thing, and I sense that the Lord is stretching you in this area, and stretching you because you are not just a man that is in the limelight, you're not in the limelight, nor do you see the church as a one-man band. But you see, um, you see the church where you want to raise up leaders. You want to raise up people to be better than yourself. And I, I feel that the God is saying he's well pleased with that because that's the heart that I'm looking for for this time and for this season to go into the next phase. So as I um, say to you that yes, this is the heart that God keep on raising up those leaders and those leaders will go out and even plant other churches in different areas and you're not even going to feel anyway. You're just going to say, yeah, that's all we're doing. All we're doing is spreading the gospel of Jesus. We're spreading the gospel of Jesus into new territories into new uh, domains and I sense that the Lord is pleased in those areas and those where he's just one more thing where there has been um, the scars of you walking on coal I believe God is going to heal that I don't know what that means but I believe God's going to heal that completely in the name of Jesus and that too is for Florence as well, and I know Florence, I only use Paul, but I sense that too is for you as well in, in um, you know, so, so hold on to that word as well. Um, and, and also today, the man at the back, I actually kept seeing you today in my, um, in my thoughts. Uh, yeah, yeah, you. I kept seeing you today uh, when I was at home. I kept seeing your face. I thought, okay, maybe God's got a word for you. So let me just pray for you right now in the name of Jesus. Sorry, I don't know your name. Richard. Richard. So yeah, Lord, just thank you for Richard. Thank you for his faithfulness. Thank you for his... Um... Can, you, can I ask you what sort of work you do? Teacher. Teacher, okay. Great, great. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, what I did see, this is what I actually saw, was... Um, uh, it's like um, you've got this white cloak on, white uh, sort of chemist or scientist, I don't know, just something like a white, white cloak on. And um, yeah, I see you fixing things, sort of thing. And I sense God is saying as well that um, there has been uh, rocky times in your life, and there has been times where. Um, you felt as if, just as Gideon actually, where is God? You know, if God was here, well, why has he done this and why has he not done this? But I sense that uh, he's, he's strengthening you right now. It's like he's strengthening your backbone. 
It's like he's giving you a more of a strength in that. And um, where you felt that actually I've just wanted to be in the background, I felt feel God is saying, yes, there is a time and season for you to be in the background, but there will be a time and season where I want you to lead the army as well. So there will be times and season where, yet yeah, you will play a good role in the background, but there will be a time and season where, yeah, I'll put you at the forefront as well. Because I feel as if you've got those broad skills and broad um, uh, gifting and anointing to do that. And um, sometimes as well, you felt like Gideon as well, where, where, you know, as if I'm not a mighty man of valor, I'm not, you know, one that... Uh, is a pastor or not one of this and, and I don't feel as if God's calling to pastoring or anything but I know he's calling you to uh, a, a work, either a workplace minister or some sort of um, ministering position. There is a scripture in Proverbs 31 that talks about and her husband was at the, at the gate, at the city gate and I see you at the city gate where actually there is something of authority on you, but it's to do also with um, councils as well, council and maybe government, and maybe having a voice in those areas where you will actually, it's like things that you've believed in, but you've not, not stood up for. I feel as if God's going to open the door for you, where you'll have that voice in councils and in government and you know whatever way that may be but i see you standing at the city gate and it's like the lord is saying i'm confident in you now i'm confident in you but it's time for you to open open up your mouth and say what the lord has said and i sense that you're going to do it with all wisdom and all integrity and you're going to do it with compassion as well you're not going to be one of these that's just going forcefully but you're going to do it everything with compassion uh, you're going to do it in a paced way and you're going to do it with uh, the lord actually guiding you but i sense that, that, that this is the time where he wants you to to be at the city gate and to be the bridge between uh, the church and councils and government Hallelujah. Just one more before I go and I'm going to stop. Hallelujah. Uh, and just, um, Randolph, it was just to pray for you. I just wanted to pray for you. And uh, Lord, I just thank you for Randolph. I thank you for strengthening him, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, for strengthening his body right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We bless him, Lord. We thank you for his life, Lord God. We thank you that he is full of wisdom, Lord. We thank you for that teaching, anointing that's on him, Lord. And Lord, I thank you that even... Um, uh, the, 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 the Bible school that he has with the few, the Bible school that you have with the few, you don't know how much that is going to reach many. It may seem a few, but actually it's going to reach many. Your reach is going to reach many, and it's through those you are mentoring and you are discipling at the moment. I just sense that that 
is going to have a great reach. So, Lord, I really bless him and I bless Lord God that you will just uh, strengthen his body Lord God in the name of Jesus Lord we declare healing in his life Lord God we declare a blessing over him we say he's the head and not the tail we declare he's above and not beneath we declare he's blessed in the city as well as in the field as well as in his home as well as in the church we declare Lord God that no good thing will you withhold from those who walk uprightly. We thank you, Lord, that he is standing on your word, and your word is yes and amen. amen. We thank you, Lord God, that whatever the doctors say, we thank you, Lord God, that you are the one who has the last word. In the name of Jesus, we bless you. Amen. Thank you, everyone. God bless you. Going over. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, thank you very much, Audrey. Um, just before uh, just before we end um, service, um, I would like to remind you all that for any individuals that um, require prayer, um, they can actually ask um, any of the consultation members that are here. I just want to see. <laughs> consultation team members that are here those anyone that requires prayer um, you can either well, I think either to the left or to the right um, you can um, ask for prayer and it will be provided um, I'd like also to say um, just to keep in mind you know to keep one another in prayer throughout the week um, and I would like to have we got a last song? Okay. so can we have the worship team back again for our last song the card. Those who weren't here, Luke's card. Luke's getting married. Um, we feel the sun, but he doesn't know. The card's going to be on there. <laughs> okay. the end to sign.